Sports Hockey. Big save by Carter Hart. WENJ, WENJ, HD, Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Adam Kaplan. Powered by InsideTheBirds.com. I think we have the ability to do something really special. Uh, with this group, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. Inside the Birds podcast dropped this morning, of course. Adam Kaplan joins us every Thursday here on 97.3 ESPN, of course. Football at Four, InsideTheBirds.com, Inside the Birds podcast. As he and Jeff Moser started giving you great insights on the 53-man roster, and as always, Adam Kaplan joins us on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline here on 97.3 ESPN. Adam, how you doing this Thursday? Guys, good to talk to you. Yeah, it is Thursday, and one week from today, the NFL season opens up, and uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it, tonight, by the way, will be the last day of the preseason games. Uh, all teams would be playing tonight, but we don't have any preseason this year. Which is a bit of a problematic thing, and you brought it up, so I want to ask you about that a little bit because I know you and Jeff were talking about on the podcast when you guys were projecting this 53-man roster about how the lack of a preseason is having a, an impact on some of these position groups. Yeah, no doubt. And look, they cut uh, Manasa Bailey today. Uh, I reported about within an hour, the last hour. He's an undraft free agent on Morgan State. He wasn't going to make it anyway. But the problem with the low-end guys, the undrafted free agents, is they're just not going to get enough reps. They're just Not having a preseason is really a problem. And then, of course, not having a rookie minicamp in April, not having May OTAs, not having June OTAs, not having a June mandatory camp, and not having preseason. It's, it's just really hard for clubs to, not only the Eagles, but to get an idea of where these young kids at, seventh-round picks. Uh, undrafted free agents. Though Casey Tuhill is pushing for a roster spot uh, as, a, as, a, as a defensive end. Uh, it's a guy that I don't think had a chance to make the roster, but though he's a seventh-round pick, he had a very good camp. How much do you think also that the lack of the preseason is not just impacting the players in the roster, but also potentially impacts who the Eagles might consider going after when rosters are cut? Because we know usually... You know, you could point to certain guys say so and so had a good preseason, or so and so has having a good situation. There's a competition battle. You don't have that kind of insight from watching the preseason games this year. Plus, another thing, Josh, that I, that I would add to that, and I, I've done this. I've not put a lot of information out on Twitter about who's looking good and who's looking bad in terms of the deep backups because clubs don't want that out. Because as you just mentioned, they don't have the four preseason games to get an idea of how these kids look on tape. And if the reporters don't put this information out, they're not going to get it from clubs because coaches are not giving that information out uh, in their in their Zoom sessions to the media. So you're right, and it's it's sort of one of the under-discussed part of information that's coming out in August and early September. Teams simply don't have the same information they would normally have this time of year. Before we dive into the 53-man roster conversation, there has been news breaking over the last 30 minutes or so about um, the Eagles and Zach Ertz, and I just want to get your thoughts on everything that's going on with his contract negotiations to this point. Yeah, look, it hasn't gone well. We, we've discussed it on Inside the Birds a couple times. So my understanding is the Eagles want to do a deal. If they were going to do one now, it would be similar to the one that uh, the Chiefs got done with Travis Kelsey, uh, Jason's brother, obviously. Um, Zach Ertz is a guy that obviously has been tremendous for the Eagles. 
Uh, he, he was a second-round pick in 2013. Travis Kelsey was a third-round pick. Travis is slightly older than Zach, and Travis is just a tremendous football player, but he took a deal that some people in the league kind of kind of criticized, to be honest with you. And, you know, if you, we know that we know that Ertz is not going to get a George Kittle's deal. That, that's, that's a non-starter for the Eagles, but when you look at Kelsey's deal, uh, it's not a great deal, and that to me is not a deal that Zach Ertz is going to do. I just that's that's my sense of what I, what I've known. But he also has two years left on his deal, and if you're Zach, it's never been about this season. It's about getting an extension that gives you fully guaranteed money next year, and hopefully some in year three, where the Eagles can't just walk away from the contract after two years. That that. That to me, because remember the, the 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 issue here is, and we need to mention this: Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. You could extend his contract if he plays well after the season. You, all drafted players, you have to wait till they play three years. So if he blows it up this season, the Eagles probably will approach him. And that that you have to understand. That's just the way the Eagles do business, and that's really the right way to do it. But from Zach's standpoint, he wants assurances that it is not going to be an extension where the club could get out really quick. So. It's challenging. This is sort of what you call uh, the cost of doing business and, and, and drafting well and developing. Goddard's, Goddard's a guy the Eagles absolutely love and think is going to be a star. And then and Zach has been a star. And it's this is challenging. I, I, I've spoken to both sides. I understand where they're at. It's just not easy. It's not an easy contract to, to get through here that's going to make both sides happy. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's going to be tough for the Eagles to figure this out. But it does seem like, you know, he's one of those guys that they will figure it out for. It just seems like it is. But you mentioned Dallas Goddard is also right behind him, and he's someone who's clearly been a factor for this team. So we'll see how that all shapes up. I want to get your thoughts on the current injuries with Jalen Rager, Sanders, and Lean Johnson. Yeah, Jalen Rager is not, I'm told, not expected to play week one. They're not ruling him out for week two or three. Uh, I've heard he's doing well coming back from the injury. You know, he's got the, the labrum, small labrum tear, as our, our Jeff Mosher reported first. And just checking into it, uh, he's doing better. He's uh, feeling better. And it's just going to be range of motion, degree of soreness, and how he manages it. And this is his first injury as a professional. Really tough kid, by the way, from checking into his background. Really hard nose like his father, Monte. And, you know, they're going to see over a two-week period where he's at physically. And then go from there and, and just see what he could, you know, whether he could contribute or not in weeks two or three. You mentioned about his pedigree as an NFL player, and I wanted to touch on that because you and Jeff talked about in the podcast something that's very important to me when I was listening, and that is you guys brought up the fact that he made the right play in practice, and it shows you that his mindset and his instincts are in the right place because a lot of times you can't ask a guy to turn it on, quote-unquote, in the game, something he wouldn't naturally do in practice. So he actually, yeah, he got injured, but the fact that he has the right instincts is also a positive as well. Right, and it's funny, Josh, I was there at practice last Sunday, and i got to be honest with you, I only saw him, I saw him running to admit to you know obviously it was an interception from Hertz but he's running back I couldn't quite see it from my vantage point where he reached to make the tackle but I saw him walk off and I, I was like wow I, I didn't I couldn't tell whether it was his arm his wrist or what and I didn't know it was his shoulder then you know, to be honest with you I didn't know that uh, but he you're right he, he did the right thing you, can you imagine in the game 
and, and Jeff and I brought this up on, on our show. You'll recall when Zach Ertz, uh, in the Vontez Perfect situation, when he, when he tried to avoid contact and the, the, the media, the, some of the media actually got on him, the fans got on him, that hurt Zach. Um, you know, th- think about it here. If, if we're in a game and there's an interception and Rager has the opportunity to make a tackle and he doesn't make it, the, the fans are going to kill him over, particularly on social media. So you're right. I'm glad you brought that up because he definitely did the right thing. Injuries are popping up all around with this team. I mentioned Sanders and Lane Johnson, but now Will yeah. Parks also went down recently. How big of a loss is that for this team? It's a big one. Uh, Will Parks, I guess there's a report from NFL Network, he's going to miss four to six weeks. Uh, you know, by the way, so so I do want to add this. This was not on our show but because uh, I had not gotten the information yet, but I got it uh, earlier on uh, Thursday. You can – you could – you could bring back as many players this year as you want on injury reserve, but they must miss a minimum of three weeks. Not um, so. What what will happen here with Will Parks is uh, actually three games, not weeks. Actually games. Uh, but with Will Parks, he would. I, I'm putting him on my. I'm going to put him on all the short term IR because with that report, four to six weeks. That's perfect guy. So you don't need to take up a roster spot. He's, not only is he their third safety, and he's a, he's a big nickel player when they go through a three-safety package, they have a, a jack linebacker package when they, when they stick the safety in the box. He's one of those guys. Jalen Mills will do some of that. He's going to play some of that Corey Graham role. You might remember that role when they played three safeties. He had a huge role in mind. By the way, he had a phenomenal camp. It's too bad. So uh, Marcus Epps should be his replacement. Uh, Kayvon Wallace uh, it is from what I understand a ways away from contributing. He's he's not. I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, the Eagles are high on him, but Marcus Epps is a kid who had a very good camp. And don't forget, he was with them last year after he was claimed off waivers from the Vikings. Adam Kaplan joining us here, football and four power by the Inside the Birds podcast. Follow Adam on Twitter, Kaplan NFL. All your Eagles and NFL coverage. Adam joins the Sports Bash every Thursday for football and four here on ninety-seven three ESPN. Adam, are there any other guys that you project that could end up on that short-term injured list that the Eagles could use to kind of help them work their final roster? Yeah, Jannard Avery would be perfect for that because I don't know that he's going to be ready the first quarter of the season. I, I, his injury, thank goodness, did not turn out to be a torn ACL. It, it looked bad. But uh, he's got uh, a bone bruise, and I'm also told that he's uh, got a slight knee sprain. So he would be the perfect guy. That way, it would give them more time to evaluate him. That he would make sense. Uh, Andre Gillard would go to Andre Gillard. Obviously, is out for the season, so you just put him on IR anyway. And Brandon Brooks, you can't. He's on PUP, so um, he's on active. They'll put him on reserve PUP. You can't move a, a guy on PUP to IR. And Alshon Jeffrey, I do expect Saturday. You can't do it before 4 p.m. Eastern. It's got to be at the 53 cutdown. Uh, they cannot put him on IR and then put him on that that short term IR. He's just got to go. He's got to be removed from PUP. If they don't do that, he must miss the first six weeks. What's the current situation with Sidney Jones? Is it possible that he's not even on this team anymore at, at some point? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Hunter, I don't have him on my 53. I just don't think that he's earned a spot. I think he's got it. We know he's had an injury history. He's been an underachiever, though he's definitely talented. And yeah, he's a former second round pick, but at this point, I don't think that matters anymore. I think it's just about productivity. And he is in his fourth season. If they do keep him, uh, after the season, he'll be restricted, not unrestricted, because his first year did not count because he was on 
the non-football injury list too long. So he doesn't get that one year added of unrestricted free agency. So, look, the Eagles have said you're right. You, you, guys, they have so many injuries at different positions. You know, it's one thing, if they happen all at one position, you could just go add three or four play, three players. But because you've got Miles Sanders, who will be ready for next week, but he's got an injury. Jeffrey, Rager, Lane Johnson, who's got an ankle injury. Uh, I don't know what it is, but he obviously he's not been in practice. But he's, he's going to play next week. Dark Barnett's no lock. By the way, he's got a bad ankle injury. He's no lock to play next week. Javon Hargrave, as Moshe reported that he's got the pectoral strain. Uh, and then you, we just mentioned the two guys of Avery and Parks. The problem is it's all spread throughout this roster, and it's a little bit more. Hard, it's, it's just a little harder to navigate. So with that being said about Sidney Jones, is that a situation where the Eagles maybe trade him for a draft pick? Do they try to find maybe some other team that has a guy they're trying to unload as well? You know, what, what would you think would be the most likely scenario with letting Sidney Jones go if he doesn't have on the uh, if he doesn't make the final roster? Yeah, it would be a conditional late-round pick, around 5 through 7. Let, let's say it's a six-round pick that could be as much as a 4 for 2021. If he, play, if he not only makes the roster, he plays a certain amount of snaps for his new team. Now, you could do player for player. Uh, if the, 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 the spots where the Eagles could really use help or an upgrade would be at linebacker. Uh, outside corner, obviously, to replace Jones, but they're not probably going to get that. Uh, and then they really do need it. They, all of a sudden, they didn't have this issue coming into training camp. But they have it now. They they really lack veteran depth on the offensive line. They just don't have any experience behind uh, their, their projected starters. It's just it's unfortunate, but because of the injuries, that's where they're at. Really quick, there's a guy like uh, from the Raiders, Gabe Jackson, is a guy people are talking about might be on the outside looking in for them. Would he fit that category of a veteran guy for them that they might be interested well, he in? Was, he was, yeah, Josh. The start for agency, he was definitely on the block. That was my understanding, but... I don't see that now. Now, I do know they drafted a kid named John Simpson. The Raiders did, you're talking about. Uh, Gabe Jackson's their starting right guard. Uh, Simpson is a guy that also went to Clemson uh, with uh, Kayvon Wallace, but he's a guy they eventually believe is going to replace Jackson, but I don't, I don't see that happening at all. That, I don't see them doing that now. I would be very surprised if that happened. I want to dive into this offensive line mess because there were reports that you know, Jason Peters would want more money to play left tackle, and now they're trying Matt Pryor over there, who isn't really a left tackle. And then Doug yep. Peterson speaks to the media. Well, we don't like to really move guys around. Well, you are moving guys around. We, you have Jason Peters at right guard right now. He is a Hall of Fame left tackle. So it's a little wonky at the moment. What are your thoughts on, on the current situation at the offensive line? Yeah, it is not good. This is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, but just a minute ago, about the, the issues with depth. Because of the Brandon Brooks injury, the Lane Johnson injury, though he's going to be ready, but because he's missed time. Uh, and obviously the Dillard situation, because he was going to be their left tackle, they just their depth has been depleted. They don't quite know um, if Pryor's going to be able to make it as the left tackle, but you're right, they've done that. I'm told through yesterday's practice he was their left tackle. I am very surprised that they're not doing Jordan Mailata. I just don't I don't quite understand it. Mailata is way more athletic. He, he's, he's more gifted. The only thing that Pryor has over him is the experience. He, you know, Mailata's never been, he's never played in a regular season NFL game. He, he, never, he never played football in his life until three years ago. But he's a freak show. I'm told he had a good week of practice last week, actually really good. So you got it. But the thing is, the Eagles front office really believes in Jeff Stoutland. If this is what he wants, they're going to stick with it. it Stoutland, it, it, if this is what he wants, 
you got to trust the guy. But they also, if it doesn't work, they've got Jason Peters to move from right guard to left tackle. And then, they, then they're going to have a decision on how they would handle the right guard position. You know, um, prior, it would be prior, probably. But the bottom line is, this is not good with, with, with what's happened here at left tackle. Yeah, you said it's shocking that Mylot is not at left tackle. To me, it's just shocking that Jason Peters hasn't shifted over to the left side. I, I just question if this happens, let's just use a hypothetical week three, third quarter, and Andre Dillard went down then, is Jason Peters going to be sitting on the sideline and go, well, I'm not playing left tackle. I don't get paid no, that type I, of money. No, Hunter, they, they, would, they would have worked out. They, they would, between he and his eight, they would talk to the agent, Vince Taylor, and say, look, here's where we're at with this. Here's what we're willing to do. Um what you can do is take the, the remaining three point two million, and you could instead of having him earn, he has to earn it. He's got per game roster bonuses and uh, some other miscellaneous money uh, incentives to get to six million. You could just convert that to fully guaranteed money if he's going to be your left tackle. That's the choice that they have to make. Um, and we know Peters has a good relationship with the owner. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is. This, I, I believe. By the way, the story I'm told is correct. That if if they're going to move him to left tackle, he's going to want more money. But the fact of the matter is, what's the money going to look like, and what is he willing to accept, and will the Eagles do it? We don't know that yet. It's just that the story's out there, and it's not happening yet. So we'll see what happens. Adam, if you could give the audience a, an understanding of the timing of all the stuff we're talking about, because I know a lot of this is going to go down in a very staged manner. So for those out there yeah. don't understand, you know, how the deadline works, what happens after the deadline, and that, all that leading up to next week. So give the, everybody an idea of what actually the timetable is for all the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, so it's 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Every team must be down to 53 players, whether they have 80, uh, 79 like the Eagles because they cut Manasa Belli on Thursday. Whatever your team has, you have to get to 53 men. 53 men. Uh, you can, by the way, um, as I said earlier, you can take some guys who you're, you thought you would have to put on IR for the season. Well, you put them on IR, but you could bring them back after three games. And so they have, as, as I said earlier, the Eagles have at least two guys, if not more, that fit that role. Uh, and then uh, Sunday at noon, uh, players could be claimed off waivers. You'll, you'll, you'll see a bunch of players. I'm sure the Eagles will claim at least one player off waivers. Uh, 12 at noon, teams could claim play, players off waivers. Also, that's when you could set your 16-man practice squad. On the 16-man practice squad, six of those players, up to six of them, could be veterans. They're doing that this year only because of the COVID-19 situation. This is going to really help you. And then on game day, uh, within, I guess you have till the night before, uh, they haven't they haven't sent the language out. I haven't seen it yet, but you could on game day you could add two players. You could go from fifty three to fifty five, uh, and the Eagles clearly are going to have to do that because they have issues right now, significant issues at wide receiver, uh, defensive line. Depending on who's available, they don't know that yet who's going to be available. So you could expect the Eagles to do that. Uh, so so again, folks, Saturday at four p.m. Eastern, that's when you get to the fifty three man roster. On Sunday at noon, that's when the Eagles could set their practice squad. Who do you suspect would be some of the prime candidates for the Eagles with that practice squad who may be those candidates for those game day call-ups? All right, so, so let, let's, let me take it like this, Josh. These are the guys I think on the cut line. Deontay Burnett, who had a great camp, a flash player who was with them last year. He had a play late last season, you might remember. Quez Watkins, uh, who's a six-round pick, who inconsistent in training camp, but they like him. Uh, Travis Fulgham, who's 
done great in the limited time that you know, they claimed him off waivers from Green Bay. He, he's six, two and a half. He's a basketball player. He's now a receiver. He's number six. He did a great job in the limited time that he had. Uh, he would, he's a guy who could go to the practice squad. Uh, I don't, I don't see him making it. Raekwon Williams and Anthony Rush, one of them, if not both, will go to the practice squad if they clear. If what, if they're both cut, one of them will be cut. I don't know if both will. Um, Casey Tuhill, if he doesn't make it and he clears, Joe Osman, if he doesn't make it and he clears, he'll go to the practice squad. And then it's it's too hard to know. Uh, we'll talk about it next Thursday on my spot. I'll have a better idea about because we're not we don't even have an injury report yet. I'll have a better idea who will be who won't be for Week One versus Washington next Sunday in Washington, by the way. But those will be some of the guys I think are on the cut line to keep an eye on who could wind up on the practice squad. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Football is just around the corner, as you mentioned earlier, a week away. It'll be Chiefs versus Texans, and, of course, Eagles versus Washington week one. And Adam Kaplan, Football and Four, Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. It just dropped this morning. For more insights on the 53-man roster and more, Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan, Inside the Birds podcast. And Adam Kaplan joins us every Thursday on the Sports Bash Show on 97.3. ESPN. Adam, always appreciate the insights. Great stuff today. Guys, thank you. Of course, Football at Four being brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now and they'll match your first spots up to $250. Go to PlaySugarHouse.com and win real money with their sports book along with casino games from the comfort of your home. Must be 21 or order to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So it seems like you know, we got a lot of moving parts, Hunter, coming up this weekend between the roster, the practice squad, waivers, maybe a trade of Sidney Jones. I mean, the uh, Ronnie Harrison actually just got traded by the Jaguars to Cleveland for a conditional fifth round pick. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's what we're looking at with Sidney Jones. That's sad. It's unfortunate, right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I-, I thought that he would be better than what he was. I-, I know that the injury played a big role. But, you know, based off of what you saw when he was healthy before the injury, before the Achilles, you thought this guy could actually make a difference. But, unfortunately, is not the case here. It's so weird right now for me, mentally, emotionally, to dive into football. Like, when we talk to Adam Kaplan, when we have Inside the Birds on at Football for every day, I get the juices flowing. I do because these are football guys are talking to us. And then as soon as the phone calls over, it's like, all right, hey, what's going on with the Philz? What's going on with the Flyers? You know, hey, we got game six. I, I need something to grab me back into that football because it's it's literally, what, nine days away? Is it because there was no preseason? Absolutely. Do you think that's a huge oh, part that, of it that's, for you? That's the only reason is... With baseball is always going on at this time, but you have the NBA playoffs, you have the NHL playoffs. Normally, you're anticipating the sports season to come back, besides just baseball games. But you have that right now, and you haven't seen preseason football. It's going to be so weird to, you know, hey, what what do the Eagles have to do to beat the Washington football team on Sunday? But we have that type of conversation coming up within next week. It's just going to be odd. That's all. We're going to make it through, no doubt, but. It's just odd. No? Do you disagree with me? Or? It's odd, but I think I'm such a football junkie that it, it, I'm just, it doesn't matter to me. Like, well, I'm, I am too, but I, I just think I'm so sidetracked with other things. Maybe I'm more sidetracked than you might be on, on some of the other things right now. Your, your football is number one. I can get sucked down a 162 baseball season like no other. I don't think most people get as sucked in as I do for these baseball games. So I just get so sidetracked with other things sometimes. He's Hunter Birdie. I'm Josh Henning. This is a Sports Bash Show on 97. 
97.3 ESPN. Again, football four. Today was Adam Kaplan. Tomorrow, Andrew Checo will talk more about the Eagles 53-man roster, the injuries, and more. Of course, football four being brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. 609-403-0973, PlaySugarHouse.com. Text board, Ask Broads and Josh. Your questions next. We got them lined up. We're going to hit them all. 609-403-0973. What's on your mind? Flyers tonight. Eagles. Phillies are playing right now. It's a nothing-nothing game. A lot yeah, going on. Bryce Harper finally got a hit. He's been in a little bit of a slump. Bang, yeah. got a little blooper. Yeah, I'm aware. He's on my fantasy team. He's not helping me too much. Well, he did in the beginning of the season. Well, you know, JT Ramuto's going to give me a good hit right now. How about that? Look at that. Both guys have been is cold, that, that, and here we go. There oh, you go. I thought it was wow. going over the fence. It's all right. Go. We'll take it, baby. I got I got them both on my fantasy team, so I'm I'm you know crossing my fingers over here while I'm watching this game. That's the great thing about fantasy, isn't it, that you get a little extra juice when you're watching the game. You're all, you get a little bit extra incentivization. It's funny. You're, asking, you're actually bringing that comment up to the wrong guy. Maybe we'll get into that on the other side. All right. Maybe we'll save that for an, a, an ancillary question as well. Today's Josh Eddie Fillion from Mike Gill along with Hunter Brody. Nice number three ESPN. Usually this time we do Ask Mike and Brody. Well, today is Ask Brody and Josh because Mike Gill is, has the day off. Of course, Ask Mike and Brody being brought to you by PropSwap where America buys and sells their sports bets. Check them out online at PropSwap.com. Of course, text board is open, 609-403-0970. A lot of text to get into throughout the show. I feel like we have more text than usual for Ask uh, Bros and Josh today. Well, that's good. I got sidetracked here watching the Phils. The Phils are, <laughs> I mean, they're up to nothing. You got the guys, Bryce Harper, JT, they've been a little cold. They get the, the boys going on the bases, and then... DD with smacking one up the middle got a little help. Now you mentioned before the break about fantasy sports. We have a text specifically about that on the text board. All right, let's tie it together then. Now I don't. Th- I want to know if you're this guy or not. I don't think you are. But Terry of Galloway chimes in on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board says fantasy sports is for people that don't actually like sports. It gives them an excuse to fit in. Go back to Dungeons and Dragons, Count Dracula and Peter Pan. That's Terry and Galloway. Now, it, it is funny. So, I disagree with him, but I agree with him at the same time. Well, you got to clarify that because that's, that's a bit ambiguous over there. I only play fantasy because I enjoy the camaraderie with my buddies, the group chat going off, who comes in last place every year. I don't love fantasy. I don't. I'm a sports fan that, and this is one of the things I stay true to all the time, is I'm a beauty of sportsmen. I love the beauty of sports. And I feel like fantasy, it's it's not the real side of sports for me. So I do it because, like, we're going to have a 97-3 league, which we did last year, and I had a fun time doing, and I'm going to play again this year. And the, the big one that we do with all of my good friends from my area that I grew up with, we have a huge one that we do with, with a big pot every single year. I do it because I want to be a part of, you know, that. It's big. Every Sunday, the group chat's firing off. If I'm not a part of that, I feel like I'm missing out. Like, I want to be a part of that, even though I'm not diehard fantasy guy. So when Red Zone's on, I don't even care who I'm... Like, I set my lineup. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the 
don't set your lineup guy or I'm not your I'm not gonna pay guy. I'm, oh, I'm aware. I'm yeah. invested into it, but I, I don't that. I don't look at my app all day at one o'clock. Oh, this guy can't score that. I just let the day play out and then I check afterwards how I'm doing. I'll check out through I'll check throughout. I'm not die hard. Oh, this guy can't touch the ball or I'm gonna lose. You know? That's not the way I go with fantasy. So I'm I'm kind of in between you and real fantasy guy. All right. So let, so you're a little bit off of where Terry of Galloway, which Terry Galloway, I, I think you're ridiculous because first of all, <laughs> let's be realistic. Dude who plays Dungeons and Dragons and Pokemon Go and that stuff, those are people who are called gamers. All right. Gamers don't always play fantasy sports because fantasy sports involves a level of commitment that will take them away from their regular gaming lives like playing Call of Duty and Halo and things like that now if you want to say that there is a type of personality that is inclined to play fantasy sports I will give you that Terry of Galloway but it's not someone who doesn't love sports you can't play fantasy and not like sports that's a little ridiculous I think you're a little little ridiculous now I am a little more into fantasy than you, bros, because I enjoy the the st strategy of fantasy sports. I like the disadvantage because I'm not checking my lineup all the time. I'm like you. I check it in the beginning of the day, I set it, and I'm done with it till the next day. I'll, I'll check it at, if we're talking fantasy football, I'll check it after the 1 o'clock games. I'll check it after the 425 games, but I'm not constantly refreshing it during so those So I games. have a rule. I refuse to check it until Sunday Night Football. Okay, that's a fine rule. It, and I I do that because I am a, a little bit like you. I'm purity of the game. So I want to watch my baseball games, my basketball games, my football games without being bothered by anything else. So for me, the only thing I will check is if I have, like, you know, sports bets. You know, I'll maybe have an alert saying, you know, hey. I, I put down blah, blah, blah. How's that going? You know, because maybe I'm watching about five different games at a time on a college football Saturday. But when it comes to fantasy, I like the strategy of it. I like the fact that there is something to be said for the fact that you don't know sometimes. And that unknown fascinates me. How do you feel about the guy that's, I'm not drafting a Dallas Cowboy guy? Because I, I don't I don't like that mindset. If, if he's going to help me win money... I don't give a damn. If you're the person who won't draft somebody because they're the rival of your favorite team, then... You're probably losing. <laughs> well, you're probably losing, but also, you're not an objective individual. You 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 obviously are showcasing an inability to be objective on other things. Person who says, I don't play fantasy sports because it, you know, it's not real, or person who says, I don't want to draft a Cowboy because I'm an Eagles fan... I, I don't trust your ability to be objective on other things. Because that player, if, if you don't want to draft Zeke, right? Zeke is going to get what he gets, whether he's not on your team or not. And most likely, he's going to have a good football game. So if that's going to benefit you, then you just take it. It's not like if you don't draft... It would be different if, hey, Broads, if you draft... If you don't draft Zeke, he'll play back. Well, then it's okay. Well, hold on a second. Then I won't draft him. But you draft him. He's going to play good no matter what. You know what I mean? It's not like you drafting him has an impact on how he plays or not. That would be like if you're in one of those, um, oh, what is it? Those, what is those leagues where people, you only pick one team per week and then you you can't pick that team again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of it. Uh, Survivor. It's Survivor, Survivor Pools. Pools. Yeah. 
So let's say it's week whatever it is, and your guaranteed win that week is the Dallas Cowboys. You're not going to pick the Cowboys because you're an anti-Cowboys, and you have the chance to win a bunch of money, but you can't pick the Cowboys. You're survivable because I hate the Cowboys. To me, that's just so irrational. Well, of course, and there's a lot of those people out there. Now, I got a, uh, a text here from Connor. Are you believing in this Phillies team? Yeah. Because nope. they have pitching now. And the lineup is definitely But the lineup serious. is already there. But the lineup the wasn't in the beginning. That's the thing. It's So here's the difference. I, I agree with you. The bullpen is definitely way more improved. Whether it went from abysmal to below average or abysmal to average, it got better. But in the beginning of the year, the Phillies' offense was not up yet. The Phillies' offense was poor. It was really bad. They weren't scoring runs, and the bullpen was bad. But we knew the bullpen was bad. We expected more out of the offense. And I said, if the offense was scoring seven runs, but the bullpen was blowing it, then it's like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. But the offense was so trash, I couldn't support that part of it. Now, you improve the bullpen, and the offense is clearly woken up. It's hard not to be sucked into this 8 of 9 right now. I said it on the show yesterday that I think the Phillies can win the NL East because I think that the Braves pitching is going to keep imploding. That's a problem. I think the Marlins are starting to come back down to earth. I think as you're seeing with the Nationals, they just aren't a good team this year. And the Mets are going to Mets at some point. I mean, they're already doing it. So I think the Phillies could legitimately win the NL East because they did the one thing no other team in the division did. They addressed their pitching problems. But here's my concern with that. These pitching problems, while they improve them, I don't know if you have a guy that you can rely on late. Workman, he was in yesterday. What happened? Allows a hit, allows a walk. There's two guys on. Like, there's always guys on when Workman comes into the game. You don't have that back end of the bullpen, and that's scary to me. Would you go Jake Arrieta? I know Gil's big on the whole, why don't they put Jake Arrieta back there? I don't think now is the time to try something like that. I'm not as strong on that as Mike is. I would say if it was a 162-game schedule, I'd be more inclined. But because it's a 60-game sprint, I'm looking at Arietta and saying I can catch lightning in the bottle at some point. Do they have enough starting pitching? If it goes right now. Yes, they do. Right, yeah, but here's the thing. They have two. They have three. Who's your third? Eflin. Now, we're talking playoff baseball, right? Yeah. Eflin. How many great? How many teams in the playoffs have great third starters? Well, that's the thing. You saw that last year. I mean, year. even the Dodgers just traded away Ross Stripling. Yeah, for goodness I, sake. I, I noticed that. I get your point, and I think there's there's something valid to that. But that's what I think. If this team wants to be a true, legit World Series contender, if you told me it's Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and a third, that is the difference of hey, they are a playoff team to a, hold on a second, they can actually maybe win something type team. Just remember, the Royals basically won a World Series with a bullpen. I understand that, but that is like the outlier compared to what you really need to win. Like the Nationals last year, look at what they spent at starting pitching. When they had Max Scherzer, they had Strasburg, they had such deep uh, starting pitching that they were allowed to move Patrick Corbin to the bullpen because their bullpen was so abysmal. That actually saved their season. Now I hear you. Couple more texts here on the PlaySugarGuys.com text board says, "Any chance of us getting Mohamed Sanu?" Now I saw this rumor yesterday that the Patriots might not keep him on the roster. I thought they already cut him. No, did I read that wrong? I don't know. Did they already cut him? I'm not sure. I, I did see. A I report. thought they were. The report was they were considering cutting him as part of the roster. Cuts. 22 hours ago, Field Yates tweeted, "The Patriots have released uh, Sanu." Okay, so he's official. Yep. So here's the thing. There's two issues with this new question. One, remember the Eagles got to cut down their roster first. 
So they can't bring on anybody new because they got to get rid of who was already on the roster. Second problem with Sanu is I don't think he really fits a need. Do they really need another slow possession receiver? Well, with the reports that Alshon Jeffrey's probably going to be back sooner than later, probably not. Probably not. I just don't think he really fits the need at this point in time. I personally like Sanu. I think if that was a need, I would definitely be high on him. But I think a team that needs Sanu more than the Eagles, honestly, is the 49ers. I think half of their wide receiving cores on the injured list. They just put Tavon Austin on the injured list, too. I mean, they're just running out of guys left and right. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Kyle Shanahan was Sanu's coach in Atlanta. I think Sanu ends up in San Francisco. Maybe Jordan Matthews is still out there. Oh, good. <laughs> now, stop. Uh, another text comes in and says, Guys, I think Sidney Jones goes to the Jets. Joe Douglas take him for a late pick. That's Cole from LBI. Do you think that Joe Douglas also realizes that maybe he's not good enough, though? Like, he's been around long enough to maybe realize Here's the problem. he's there's not a, there. There's a lot of people who think that Sidney Jones was a Joe Douglas pick. There's a lot of reports about that. So maybe there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, Joe Douglas says he didn't work out with the Eagles, but we could use him here because I think actually you got you to think about it. The Eagles might have better depth at corner than the Jets do right now. I feel like Sidney Jones, though, is just not there mentally. Like, the mental side of the game, the confidence, that swagger that you need as a corner, he lacks that, and, and I think that's one of the big reasons, on top of the injury, but realistically for me, I think it's more of the mental side of the game than anything else for him. Even how big that Achilles injury is for a player, he doesn't have that swag that you need, and I don't know, I look at him and he looks depleted. Especially here. Maybe a new change of scenery does open him up a bit, and maybe Joe Douglas sees something that I don't see, but... If I'm in a spot where I look at Sidney Jones and it's like, hey, do you want to be on my team? I'm probably leaning towards no. Uh, Joey D from Vendor is a two-part Ask Broads and Josh question. Number one, will the Flyers win tonight? Easy. Yes. I think they do. I think winning game five is huge. If they win six, they're winning seven. How about that? That's an interesting prediction. Yep. I, I felt that if they won, the way they won game five, that's, that's a mentality that can be carried to game six. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, Joey D said, question is, what is your favorite flavor bag of chips? Do you go sour cream and onion, barbecue, salt and vinegar? He says, by the way, go Flyers. It's Joey D. There, there's two that I always go back and forth on. Okay. It's the sour cream and cheddar ruffles, and then it's the salt and vinegar kettle cooked. Okay. So those are the two that's, it depends though. Like if I have a nice hoagie, and you guys don't call them hoagie, right? I guess I'm the moron here. Do you call it a hoagie? It's a sub. Yeah, see, it's a hoagie. But when I get a hoagie, I get those salt and vinegar kettle cooked chips, and I put it in the hoagie, and then I crunch it up inside there. But with the ruffle sour cream and cheddar, that's off to the side. So it depends on how I'm feeling. But those are my go-to. I can't choose between the two. So I'm going totally off the board. Uh, my favorite chips are Tostitos corn chips. What? I'm a big corn chip guy. That's so boring. No, it's not. What do you mean, no, it's, it's not? It's the most versatile chip on the planet. In what world? You, you can eat it with you, anything. But do you eat them plain? I do it all kinds of ways. I dip them, I eat them plain. I, I, do I mean, I can get behind if you have some hummus. or like So if you're a chips and hummus guy, I can get behind it. But to just eat plate up, like a straight up plain you know what's really corn good? chip. You you make a, a, a food dip where it's like ground beef, beans, like, like refried beans, maybe some like... Uh, pico de gallo, mix it all up, and you're just dipping and eating See, now and this dipping is, and eating. This is Josh to a T here. 
Because when someone asks, what's your favorite type of chip? You go, your standard sour cream and onion, sour cream and chip. You're now adding meat and all that. If we're going nachos, or if we're adding stuff to the chip, it's a totally different scenario here. I'm not a potato chip guy. I'm a corn chip guy. It's just incredible stuff sometimes out of you. Uh, John from Collingswood for Ask Broads and Josh, what is your favorite vacation spot? It could be anywhere, including your living room, John says. Well, it's definitely not my living room. My favorite go-to spot? I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people that goes on vacation a ton. I like to visit. See, with my circumstance, with a lot of my friends playing certain sports around, I like to go visit them. So that's kind of how I go on vacation. It's not so much... You know, like, oh, we, we're going to this place. or we're go It's just, I want to visit my buddies, and they live all around the U.S., so Columbus or even Canada, right? Calgary. So I go to these funky places. I don't really have, like, a spot where Gil would probably say Baltimore, Baltimore. right? I don't have that spot. How about you? So I don't really have a spot either, but I will tell you this. Um, all right, so... This is really ridiculous. This is totally a Josh thing. I've been to Columbus, Ohio a couple times, and I've enjoyed the heck out of myself. And I went there for, like, semi, like, you know, personal related reasons. Like, I'm going there to go do something. And I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Columbus, Ohio. The, the, the food is good. The people are nice. The, the way to get around town is pretty simple. It's not too complicated. Like some towns you go to, it's just way too complicated. Like my problem with Baltimore is it's a little complicated to get around Baltimore. You think so? Yeah. The harbor? Eh, getting to the harbor, in and out of the harbor sometimes is a little wonky. I'm okay with Baltimore. I, I think it's a nice area. I, I enjoyed Columbus. I think that there's a lot of places out there that get bad rep. You you hear Ohio. Oh, really, Ohio? All these places have cool spots of their own. Yeah. That makes that makes it what it is. I, I like I like to discover those cool spots. Like, oh, I I'm, agree. I'm the guy who send me anywhere. Like Chalute. You ever been to Chalute, North Carolina? I have not. It's got a great golf course. That's also the largest Walmart I've ever seen in my doggone life. So here, here you that, go that on Walmart vacation. Is this, that Walmart is the size of a football see, this field. Is, this is the Josh that I can't get behind here. So you're telling me this place is so awesome, and you hit me with, they have a great Walmart? No, I, I mean, golf this, course You first. did say golf course first, but right after that is I you I say a great Walmart. It's the largest Walmart I've ever seen. It was so weird. see the size of this Walmart. There's a great place in Wilmington, North Carolina that had some great food. It was like over the top of a hill near the college, North Carolina, Wilmington. Like you just walk up the hill and you're like, well, this hill is really high. And at the top of it is this amazing restaurant. Now, they I make can, some great subs. I can get behind that. You're trying to sell me the size of a Walmart is why I should be going to, what, Chattanooga? What place am I going to? <laughs> Chalute, North Yeah, Carolina. Chalute. Ridiculous. <laughs> Myrtle Beach is nice, too. Ever been to Myrtle Beach? Absolutely. Myrtle Beach has got a little bit of everything for you. I lived in Burlington, Vermont for a couple years. Up there, it's beautiful. Freezing. Beautiful. I feel like there would be some really good bars up in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, a lot of weed, too, by the way. Very hippie place. Walking down the street in Burlington, just smoking blunts. What's going on up there? You can do that. It's pretty cool. Ask Broads and Josh being brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Check them out online, PropSwap.com. 
Get to more of your text messages coming up a little bit later in the show. 609-403-0973. Still to come, Dave Weinberg, Talk Eagles, coming up at 5.15 tonight. Don't forget, Flyers Hockey, Game 6. Flyers Islanders, 7 p.m. right here on 97.3 ESPN. It's Flyers Playoff Hockey tonight on 90. 90- Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour, Josh Hennig, Hunter Brody here on 97.3 ESPN. We'll talk more Eagles, a little boxing as well with Dave Weinberg. He usually joins me on Wednesdays on game night, but the rest of this week there's no game night because I'm filling in for Mike Gill from 2 to 6. So we get the uh, best of the sports bash from 6 to 7. We get the Flyers hockey. Yeah, maybe we can get his input on some of these Eagles releases that are happening at this very moment. Yeah, it feels like it's coming rapid fire. We saw Dante Burnett earlier. Now we've seen running backs get chopped. I mean... But it feels like that this is going to be across the league. Like, you know, I feel like because there's no preseason, as Adam was saying, that the decision-making, the process is just different now. And with these running backs, though, there's always those guys. Philip Lindsay, Corey Clement, there's always those guys. So we've been hearing about some of these names. Holyfield, Killens, Warren, expecting maybe, look, maybe one of those players, they do make a step in the right direction and, and be an impact guy at some point. You never know. Someone can go down. The well, running there's, back position so There's, there's going to be 16 guys in the practice squad, right? So I'm assuming that some of these guys that are being cut, like Burnett and Warren, are going to be on the practice squad. So it's not like they'll be out of the organization altogether. That's true. So, But I'm interested to see their thought process because every year I feel like there's one guy that gets kept, right? There's one guy that you're like, now that's interesting. Like, I was telling Jeff Mosher yesterday about, I remember DeAndre Carter. Remember him? Sure. He played the first couple of weeks, 2018 season. Then as soon as everybody got healthy, he was out the door. Who's going to be that guy this year? Who's going to be the guy who makes the roster just because there's injuries? And then as soon as Rager and Jeffrey are back, it's thanks for your help. If I remember correctly, did he go to the Texans and play some games with them That afterwards? is correct. Good memory there by you. Oh, yeah. By the way, Phillies lead 2 nothing. You feeling uh, good still? We spoke too soon. Oh, hit off the wall. I think thought, he totally misjudged that one. I thought that was a homer. Well, that there's was, your there's your Roman Quinn bad defense. I, I've been complaining about it for a long time. He he takes bad angles, but you know why? Because he started his baseball life as an infielder. He only started playing outfield to get, get to the Phillies. More Sports Bash next. This is South Jersey's radio home for Philadelphia Eagles football. Eagles! Listen for every hit. Yeah.